The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 41 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined, as always, by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. Hello, Michael. What's going on? Are you ready? I'm ready. I, I, I feel like I, I sound congested. You do sound a little bit, yes. Are you okay? Are you well? I, well, I, I, it's my allergies. It's these, these goddamn allergies. <laughs> Acting up on you, huh? Yeah, uh, I think they uh, you know did some stuff with the heaters today, so we turned on the heat for the first time, so I think maybe a little dust got kicked up, and I'm very allergic to dust, Michael. Oh. The kingpin has allergies. I have no equal in the ring, but dust will kick my ass. I was going to talk about the ring. It's not after effects from the tables match last uh, Friday night. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm good from that. I'm a little, little dinged up from the weekend. But, uh, you know, a nice weekend off this weekend will do me just fine. Yeah, you had a big weekend. Lots of stuff going on, huh? Everything go well at, uh, was it PVP and Beyond Wrestling? No, it was XWA and XWA, Beyond Wrestling. XWA, yeah. Well, I was, I was uh, one out of three, Mike. One for three this weekend. <laughs> oh, oh, so you're keeping tally of your, of your wins and losses. <laughs> well, no, it's just like, I mean, this weekend, I mean, it's three, three days, so it's not like I keep track of my wins and losses. I think there's a website that does, isn't there? Is it cage match? Cage match or something like that, yeah. If you want to see it, although it doesn't have like everything, so. I'm going to look it up right now. I'll look up Brian Malonis on cage match. Let's see what my record is this year in the year 2017 according to cage match. And again, this is not uh, this is not a complete record. It only has select dates on there. It's his total number of matches, 270. This is overall. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty low, low uh, estimate. 152 wins, 105 losses. Of the matches they've recorded. <laughs> yes, and 13 draws. By, by estimate, I, th- I think they've probably undersold my number of matches by three or 400 at least, I think. Winning percentage, about 56% according to this, though. According to the matches that they have on here on Cage Match. Cagematch.net. Let's go current. What, what about 2017? 2017, yes. Uh, 14 wins, 19 losses. 34 overall matches, it says. Yeah, I think that's a little that's a little light. I think. Yeah, so I knew I'd be under five hundred. You think you would be? Yeah, I do the uh, I do the job a lot, Mike. Let it not, let it let it be said that Brian Malonis is not afraid to do the job. Finally, fifteen years in. Pin me, pay me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, pays the same, right? <laughs> depends, actually. If you get to the pay window, 
and you have the widow's share of the purse, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, well, let's get on to the podcast. Coming up, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions. Plus, one more wacky warble. We'll be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. That better be legendary after the friggin' time I've spent waiting for you tonight. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I better be blown away. <laughs> the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. It lives up to the hype. It will live up to the hype. But first, we are discussing a different topic each week voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. This week's topic, Kingpin, well, actually, Picture Dave, who is still listening, says great categories this week to choose from. It's a good poll, according to Picture Dave Rodriguez. But the winning topic in the poll was favorite championship belt designs. Yes, I did say belt, Brian Malonis. It is a title, and it is also a belt (laughs) in my world. Well, your world doesn't matter. (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) So what do you think? Is there like a tangible thing that makes a good belt design? I mean, I don't know. I can tell you for one thing, the universal title on the red strap, something like that. I think glaring like that doesn't doesn't help. That doesn't work for you? No, but I, I I don't know. I guess you just know a good. It's one of those things like you, you know a good one when you see them. I, mean, I I couldn't describe to you what I think is a good a good looking belt, but I know I know a good one when I see it. All right, so I guess you just have to tell us some of your favorite championship belt designs. Why don't you just hit us with the first one? Well, you know, you know, one I thought was pretty cool. Uh, again, I'm not starting with my uh, my what I think is the best, but what I think was was pretty good and that, that I liked. Uh, there's a promotion that you have ripped on numerous occasions on this podcast, Mike. Uh-oh. <laughs> it is the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's pretty cool. I think it has you know, has the, I guess it's supposed to be blood, right? <laughs> Writing on it. And I think it's a good looking title. You don't think so? Nah, I, I don't like the titles that are gimmicky like that and have a, like a weird font. Like, like, yeah, yeah, like you said, it looks like dripping blood, the font for the, uh, you know, where it says world title. I I should have known. Once again, you'll take a shot at, at ECW. Well, no, I just, I think you, you think of a title, you think of something prestigious, think of something almost regal in a way. And to see in, you know, in gold, this dripping, weird comic book lettering, <laughs> it just kind of throws me off. All right. What do you What do you got? What are you going to lead off with here? What am I going to lead off with? That, that, that's a big question. I just want to say, just for the record, first off, I found myself having a allegiance to the titles I grew up with. Like you said uh, right off the top, I'm not sure there's something you could say like this is what makes this a good title, but I think I seem to have, like my preferences seem to be the titles that I saw all the time when I was growing up. Do you think that's kind of... Yeah, I, I, I agree. So I'll say right off the bat, the WWF Tag Team Championships. The war, the, one, the big world. This is world on it. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Uh, I mean, a lot of these championship belts today, very complicated, a lot going on, lots of stars and jewels and little feathers and things flying around on the belts but the wwf tag team title is very simple and like you said there's that world in the middle that oblong kind of uh globe with the word world written right inside and then you know is painted red 
very striking championship titles. Very simple again. And, you know, the tag team titles I grew up with. So I guess I give them a little bit of preferential treatment. But the WWF tag team titles, I mean, you think of all the greats that held them growing up. You have the Hart Foundation, the British Bulldogs, Demolition, the Brain Busters. I mean, you know, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. I don't, I don't really prefer the name of the Brain Busters. You know that. Yes, yes we've covered that. <laughs> <laughs> but those titles just synonymous with all these great tag teams in the WWF at the time. That's what I grew up with. That's what I like. It's very good, striking, simple design. I, I Yeah, I agree with that title, and I'd love to see him bring it back, but I don't think I could handle seeing that title on red and blue straps. <laughs> no. <laughs> just, you prefer the uh, smashed penny? No, I don't prefer them. I, I just I don't want to see that, that design bastardized with awful strap colors. That's all. So you prefer a a black strap? You're a black strap kind of guy. For the most part, yeah. I think if it, I think I think if it's because most times I don't think they're done well. The different colored straps they they become like an eyesore. Uh, yeah, I think they I think that's I mean I think that's the best way to put it. They become an eyesore when it's overdone or I, I don't know. To me, uh, yeah, uh, give me a black strap any day of the week. Yeah, I'm a black strap guy, Mike. That's what I am. <laughs> All right. We'll mark that down. Black strap guy, Brian Malonis. Uh, what else you got there in terms of favorite belt designs? You know, one, one that I really liked, and I don't, I don't know how many people like it or dislike it. I guess I'm not I'm not hip to the opinions on belts. Uh, but one that I always liked and, and one that I, that I wish kind of stuck around for a little bit was the Undisputed Championship. Like the Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is the one I always think of with this championship, but... I really like that 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 belt design, and I I think there was like a couple designs within that, or or I guess sizes. I, I feel like there was like a giant one, and then they like had like a reduced size one. Am I am I correct with that, Mike? I couldn't tell you to be honest. Maybe it just looked smaller on Brock Lesnar, <laughs> perhaps, or the Big Show, <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, I, I I don't know. I love that design. That's one of my favorite uh, WWE Championship designs that that they've ever had. Really, it didn't really. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a really unpopular opinion right here. I liked it better than the famed Winged Eagle. My goodness gracious! Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't go with you on that one, there, Kingpin. Um, Shocking! You disagree with uh, my picks again. <laughs> Shocking! This never happens. How long was that title around? I don't know, Mike. It felt like it was only around for a short period of time, shorter than it should have been. Uh, as a design, if they brought it back, I'd, I'd totally be okay with it. Well, you mentioned it, Kingpin, and I'm going to say it right now. It is probably overwhelmingly online the number one championship belt design of all time, but it's not my favorite. I'm not sure if it's your favorite. I'm not sure if I'm stealing your thunder here. I'm not sure if I'm going to get the wrath of the Kingpin in just a second here, but I will say one of the best belt designs, but not my favorite, not my number one. Hopefully not your number one, Kingpin. The Winged Eagle. Well, no, I just said I liked I liked the Undisputed title better than it. Do you not listen to a word I say? Uh, I guess I was distracted here. Vodka just hopped up on my lap. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The Winged Eagle, yes. Uh, so that's why you mentioned it, because you said it's not as good. <laughs> yeah. I said, I said for my personal preference, I like the Undisputed title better. Like the Winged Eagle title, it looks nice, but to me, it, it never felt like it should have been like the WWE Championship. Like, I, 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 as you're gonna see as we go through this list, I tend to like big belts. <laughs> you're a big belt kind of guy, huh? 
big belt and a black belt kind of guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, the Winged Eagle, uh, a great-looking championship. There's one I preferred a little bit more, but there was, I mean, it, all the greats held that championship. You know, Hogan had that one, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. It was the championship of our childhood, basically. I mean, well, you watched a little later than I did, and you saw some of the other world title designs, Kingpin, that didn't really last that long. Debuted with Hulk Hogan, like, on a on a Saturday night's main event where I think he might have had the a different championship belt like for a promo and then came out with the winged eagle title. Someone handed it off to him at the curtain. It's very <laughs> very strange. But yeah, the winged eagle just uh overwhelmingly online. If you look online, everyone loves the winged eagle and it's basically far and away uh, if you were to take a poll, that would be the favorite, but not my favorite and not your favorite. But I just want to make sure we acknowledge it was one of the best championship designs of all time. You, and you'll say that, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think it was a great looking belt. I do. It, it just, yeah, not my favorite. Not my preference. Okay. What, what else you got there, Kingpin? Well, ho- hopefully I'm not going to steal your thunder here, but the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Mm. Did I kill you here, Mike? Did no, I- no, you didn't. You didn't. Or should I say the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship? Ah, uh, yes, as as it says right on the belt. And and again, don't give me that. I hate the fact that it, I like the fact that they have the design back, but that it is the friggin' ugly white strap. Hate it. Absolutely hate the white strap. Put the black strap on it. Make it look you know presentable. And and you have something cooking here, but I was glad that they brought it back because uh, they replaced it with a piece of garbage, and I was <laughs> glad that piece of garbage uh, got put to rest permanently. But I, I would just prefer if they uh, would just go to the black strap version of the of the Intercontinental Championship. But that belt again, you preference being the ones from your childhood. That's you know Randy Macho Man Savage, Ricky Steamboat wearing that title, uh, the Honky Tonk Man, the Ultimate Warrior, the Intercontinental Championship of my childhood. I love it. Yeah, the Intercontinental Championship, again, very, very simple design on that one. But yeah, just striking. And as you said, as I've said, the belt of your childhood. It's really tough to judge, you know, judiciously. <laughs> to judge judiciously. <laughs> what, what, what a turn of a phrase there by Mike Crockett. But uh, yeah, it's very hard to be uh, objective when it comes to some of this stuff. But the Intercontinental, I think, regardless, a great championship belt. And let's go on to the WCW side at the same level. I will say the WCW US title was a great championship. Also for the NWA, it was there for the transition. The US championship, uh, probably uh, most recognizable with Lex Luger, uh, a couple guys like that. The US championship is an understated U.S. title, unlike the U.S. titles since it came into WWE. Just (laughs) covered in flags and just like, it looks like Uncle Sam puked on it. That's what the the WWE U.S. title looks like. But the WCW version just had a very simple map of the United States, and it was in red, white, and blue. That was it, and it said, you know, United States Heavyweight Champion on it and it was very simple very nicely done and the wcw us title is one of my favorite championships i'm right there with you mike i think i think it's great as a matter of fact i have a replica of this championship from when i was a teenager i I bought a copy of it really 
It may or may not have been used as the heavyweight championship of a certain backyard promotion. <laughs> I, I can't I can't confirm or deny that. Oh boy. <laughs> but I do have it. I do still have it in my basement. Amazing, amazing. All right, we're getting close here to our number one's kingpin. What else you got there before we get to your top pick? Oh goodness, you're putting me on the spot here, but uh you know, you know, you know, here's one, Mike. And and, and this you're gonna hate it. I know you're gonna hate it. Right off the start, because you already said you like titles that look prestigious and, uh, <laughs> you know, you liked it to look regal, but this title didn't look regal. As a matter of fact, it looked like a piece of garbage, but it was quite fitting and kind of genius at the same time, uh, and that's the WWF Hardcore Championship. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you would hate it, but it was Perfect. It was absolutely perfect. I hated the WCW Hardcore title, which was like a championship belt. I liked the fact that the WWE Hardcore Championship was a piece of garbage for really a style of wrestling that was garbage. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, you're correct. I, I can't uh, sign off on this one. <laughs> you, you don't think it was fitting of the Hardcore division? I I mean... I guess my criteria is just something that's pleasing to the eye, and that is not pleasing to the eye. When it came to championship belt designs, I thought the favorite designs, like, you know, something that you just look at and say that is a beautiful belt. And I can't say that with a hardcore title, obviously. Well, no, it wasn't a beautiful title, but it was it was fitting. Okay, yeah. yeah and, and, the, and, in that, and in that is the, again, this is belt design. Not prettiest belt, belt design, and whoever designed that belt did so smartly because it was perfect. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. It's, it, it fit. It fit what was going on there with the hardcore division. But yeah, to me, not a favorite design for me. Uh, all right, before we get to the number ones, let me do ones a little off the beaten path. Not a WCW belt, not an NWA belt, not a WWF belt. I'm going to say the world class world championship. Not sure if you've seen this championship, Kingpin. I'm not sure what it looks like. It is out there. Kerry uh, Von Erich was probably the most famous holder of this title. It's after they separated from the NWA. Obviously, I think it was 1986 where they they withdrew from the National Wrestling Alliance and they instituted their own world championship. And the weird thing about this, I was looking at the title today, the WCCW World Title on the championship. You know, you always think, we, we've said for years and years, WCCW, World Class Championship Wrestling. On the belt, it says World Class Wrestling Association. <laughs> Just noticed that, looking at the belt. I thought I was looking at the wrong belt. <laughs> I'm, like, what, what the, I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I'm, I'm looking around, trying to find out what is going on with this. Why is it says World Class Wrestling Association? And uh, there are a couple of differing opinions. One person says... WCCW and WCWA were kind of interchangeable at the time. You know, people would say one or the other. Another person said that once they left the NWA, they wanted to say that they were an association rather than just, you know, world-class championship wrestling. You know, they wanted to be not an alliance or an association, so they changed, they modified the name to World-Class Wrestling Association. Uh, I'm not sure which one of those is more accurate, but... It's very strange to me. I'm looking at the world championship, a world-class championship wrestling, and it doesn't say world-class championship wrestling. It says WCWA. But 
regardless of what is written on the belt, I think it's a good looking belt. Uh, you, you're taking a look at it right now. What do you think? Yeah, it's a, it's a solid belt. It also looks strikingly like the MWF heavyweight championship from, <laughs> from a now defunct uh, New England independent promotion that I wrestled for for many years. Well, uh, I guess they must have gained the assets of world-class championship wrestling. <laughs> Perhaps. All right, Kingpin, it's about that time. The number one pick, your number one pick, Brian Malonis' favorite championship belt design. Go! Well, all right. I think, I think for a change here, I might make Mike Mills happy. Wow. We've put aside our differences. Your feud with him is now... Uh, much more pronounced than mine so. uh, these yeah. days. The, the the olive branches have been extended back and forth, and and this is a big one. But it's also you know it's also truthful. This is very genuine. Uh, I think the the best championship belt design of all time, the big gold belt, Mike. And I and I like the I, I feel like the WWF one was a little bit different um, than the original yeah. big gold belt. Uh, the one that Ric Flair held, the one that appeared on WWF television prior to Ric Flair coming in, that big gold belt. I think it is. Just, so you want to talk about prestigious, Mike? You want to talk about regal looking and pleasing to the eye and befitting of a champion? I think that belt uh, was everything a championship belt should be, especially for the heavyweight champion. So the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Right. The the big gold belt, that design. Yeah, and I know what you're saying about when it came to WWE, they made some modifications. They did kind of streamline it, it looked like. They put a curve in it. And yeah, it seemed like they made it a little smaller, perhaps. But yeah, it definitely changed a little bit once uh, it became a belt for the WWE. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not talking about the... I guess the world heavyweight title, as WWE called it, but I'm talking about yeah, the NWA slash WCW version of that belt. Uh, awesome. Just an awesome, awesome championship belt. One that I'd be proud to hold. <laughs> you haven't in a, on one of these indie promotions? Well, that that's neither here nor there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is the first belt I remember seeing with a nameplate that had the champion's name on it. Yes. And I, I will say, Mike, I think I think I've held <laughs> I've held this belt about three times in different <laughs> <indie promotions. laughs> So that's why you're so partial to it. You're a former champion. <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> so I, and I really liked the nameplate. The Ric Flair nameplate was the, obviously the best nameplate because it looked like it fit perfectly in there. The nameplates, once it went to WWE, uh, they didn't really seem... They're much simpler. It didn't really fit the rest of the overall design of the belt, I think. The Ric Flair big gold belt with Ric Flair's name at the bottom, I think, yes, I will agree. I'm going to agree with you, King Penny, for your number one pick. I'm going to say good oh, thank pick. You. <laughs> thank you, Michael. <laughs> you sound very, uh, very genuine in saying that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kingpin, my number one belt, my number one pick, the favorite championship belt design for me is the belt that came after the winged eagle belt. They call it the Big Eagle. It was the belt that was awarded to Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the day after WrestleMania here in Boston when he won the championship from Shawn Michaels. The 
belt that started with Steve Austin and went to the year 2002. So not a long time when this belt was around. The WWE World Heavyweight Championship um, after Shawn Michaels, the Stone Cold belt. It was uh, with Kane for a period with a number of people. But that WWE Championship, the one after the Winged Eagle, they call it the Big Eagle. You know, it's got an eagle. It's a little bit bigger than the uh, the previous championship. But that one is my favorite championship. What did you think of the Big Eagle belt? I did not like it. Really? No, didn't like it. I bet I know why. Why? The navy blue strap. <laughs> it had something to do with it. I, I, overall, <laughs> I didn't like the design. I didn't like the... Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of this of this belt. It was okay. I didn't hate it. It was okay. I really liked it. I thought, like, you know, you, you see the big gold belt all these years and think... You know, that's bigger. It's better. You think bigger is better. So this is like the Winged Eagle, which was, you know, a very popular championship, except bigger. And so I think it covered all the bases there. It improved on something that was already great. So I think the Big Eagle championship belt, the belt awarded to Stone Cold Steve Austin when he won the championship, that is my favorite championship. Do you remember when like, the, the Winged Eagle like just like randomly came back uh, after, I think it was after Kane won it and it was like in a case in the ring do you remember this i think i do is is that they did, like a presentation in the ring and the and the championship belt was in the ring in like a case and it was the winged eagle belt isn't that when austin drove the zamboni to ringside it may have been hmm let us know on twitter if you remember this what uh kingpin is talking about with the winged eagle coming back on an edition of monday night raw let us know what you think at the wpan on twitter but the Big Eagle, that is my favorite championship belt design. You have the big gold belt. I have the Big Eagle. It's a big day here on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing and championship belt designs. Let us know what is your favorite championship belt. What is the favorite belt design of your lifetime? Let us know at the WPAN on Twitter. In fact, everyone's been letting us know everything on Twitter, and we're going to get into it right now because it is Merv Griffin time, named for your favorite episode, Brian, of our favorite show. You know the show. And we're doing voicemails over in the NAI Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. So get yours in now. We will play it on the show. Call 401-584-9726. That is 401-584-WPAN. And if this is the first time you're hearing us this week, you are missing out. Definitely join us every Monday on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network on their own feed. You can go and listen to our interview with Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And we also talked to Brian Fury about our scariest in-ring moments. Find that show. Find all of our shows. Find this show just by searching WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to subscribe to both feeds. And the way to participate here on Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. Last Thursday, Brian, we did the worst mystery partners, and we heard from the Playboy <laughs> at double J underscore Malonis. He says, at Croc Socks, are you kidding me? Yokozuna being one of the worst mystery partners? No, I'm not kidding you. Jimmy Malonis. I just think back to me watching Yokozuna being announced as Owen Hart's tag team partner at WrestleMania that year. WrestleMania 11, I believe it was. And I remember being severely, severely disappointed. So that is one of the worst mystery partners because it didn't live up to any form of the hype. There's a lot of hype. Anytime you announce a mystery partner, uh, okay. there's going to be I, hype. 
I'm going to stop you here. And Brian Fury hit the freaking nail on the head with this one. You're disappointed because it didn't live up to the hype, but you would have been happy to see Chris Benoit, who was a nobody at that point? Yeah. That makes no freaking sense. Your logic is so backwards here. I would have loved to see Chris Benoit come out there. Uh, just like Brian Fury said, you were a loser who read the dirt sheets. <laughs> Just because Brian was doing backyard wrestling at the time and waving around signs on TV about his backyard promotion. Jeepers creepers. <laughs> I just don't get the lot. I was disappointed that this former heavyweight champion was a tag team partner, but I would have loved it if some guy nobody's ever heard of was his tag team partner. I'd heard of him. Many people have heard of him. <laughs> I bet you more people had heard of Yokozuna at that point. Well, yes, but Owen Hart... And Yokozuna as a tag team? Come on, Kingpin. Why? It was like revenge on his brother. Ugh. All right, let's move on. Elwood Apt. Big Woody is back, Brian. He is at Apt Elwood on Twitter. He chimes in saying the worst mystery partner ever was SD Special Delivery Jones. Now, I didn't recall. This is before my time, Brian. I'm not sure if you ever saw this, but he says it is the worst judgment call in history by Andre the Giant. And he said that choice was, re- was responsible for Andre's haircut. Do you remember this? Did you see uh, Big Woody posted the actual video? Did you take a look at this? I didn't take a look at it, but I have no recollection of it either. So apparently, yeah, Andre the Giant was going to be in a tag team match, and he picked his partner as SD Jones. And I, I wish I had in front of me who the team was but he picked sd jones as his partner and the punchline is they dumped sd jones to the outside he ran into the barricade he was out and the other two guys double teamed andre gone down the mat and cut his wonderful long locks so those uh those photos you see of andre with the long locks they were cut off basically because according to big woody because of sd jones hmm well, that's a shame. <laughs> it, sure, it sure is. That's a shame. Uh, and also, I can't believe this. Big Woody and Uncle Eddie are in agreement. Ed Hunt says, he says, indeed, the worst surprise tag team partner was Andre's pick, SD Jones. He says it was Ken Patera and Big John Studd were the tag team opponents. So Patera and Studd took advantage, and Andre got all his beautiful hair shaved off. Poor Andre. Poor, poor, poor Andre. Andre. He ended up doing okay for himself, though. TK, the executive producer at T-Hog94, he says the Nikita Koloff clip is going to get a lot of mileage, <laughs> and rightfully so. So funny. That is Nikita speaking Russian, obviously. and he, I think he's giving his... Uh, Order at a restaurant. I think that's what he's saying there. I'm not quite sure, but that's my best guess. <laughs> yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that what he's doing there? I think so. I think so. Uh, but yeah, Nikita Koloff, one of the, he was the promo about nothing and he was the heel off Hall of Famer all in one week. So First time a, ever. A great honor for Nikita Koloff. And yeah, he's one of the greats. One of the What's greats Nikita of this Koloff podcast. doing these days? I bet he can't be that hard to schedule for a podcast, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think he's finally. Uh, revealed that he's not Russian. There is a a lot of stuff out what? there about. There's a lot of stuff out there about how he would go through his everyday life. 
walking through, you know, the airport, going to restaurants, he was speaking in that terrible Russian accent all the time. If he was outside of his own house, he was uh, acting as if he was Russian. You could have fooled me that he wasn't really Russian with that, uh, <laughs> with that uh, just authentic, you know, uh, speech there. I know. It's uh, I don't know how people uh, people just bought it. I guess back then it was a much simpler time, Kingpin. Much simpler time, and a lot more uh, dumb people. I guess, <laughs> especially in the South. Oh my goodness, Mike Mills! <laughs> don't come after me on this one. You're back on the list, Kingpin. <laughs> All right, let's get on to uh, Monday's podcast. We talked to MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. We talked to Brian Fury about scariest moments. And Glenn Abbott, at GA WrestleNut, our friend from the UK, says kudos to at Brian Malonis for despite having a grueling match, then broadcasting from a broom closet. Totally professional. <laughs> well, you give me no rest, Mike. You're, you, you keep my nose to the grindstone, so... You know, I, of course, I, I couldn't rest my weary body after a tables match. I had to go record with you, and, and then you made me stand up. So, Well, you didn't stretch the leg out. You had to stretch that knee out. It's for your own good. Yeah, something yes. like that. All right, uh, Jeff Bartlett, at Jeff Bartlett 85 says, I just listened to at the underscore MJF. That is Maxwell Jacob Friedman's Twitter. He says uh, he just listened to it. Give it a listen, nerds. And Tony S. agrees. Said, this episode of At the WPAN is better than the rest, and I know it. So, yes, a lot of people out there, big MJF fans, especially after our conversation with him. How do you feel about the conversation we had with Maxwell Jacob Friedman? I thought I thought it was great. It was good to get some insight. I think, uh, you know, we've had a wide variety of guests on the show at different points in their career, but nobody quite at the point that – that he's probably at. So uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was really great to, you know, get somebody uh, kind of on on their upswing and somebody we we're probably going to be glad we had on the podcast someday soon, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Randall Keo at Randall Keo on Twitter says, "I absolutely loved the at the underscore MJF interview on at the WPAN. His intro was amazing, where he just trashed you and trashed the fans." Yes. Yes, I, I guess so. I guess so. Where he cut me off. Yes, I had a very long introduction planned, going over the many accolades of Mr. Friedman, but he cut me off and put me in my place, and I did really appreciate it. Well, I think we should have him on more often. I mean, we kept the, uh, you know, we should have kept rolling when, when he left. He slapped you in the face and spit in your eyes. So. <laughs> yeah, we really should have kept it rolling for that, huh? Scott Perkins, he is at High Voltage 1987. Uh, he says, I like the show. It's almost a bummer knowing MJF is a nice dude in real life. He is awesome at being a dick in the ring. <laughs> He's not a nice dude in real life. That was an act. Yes, MJF did uh, respond saying, how do you know I wasn't working them? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we don't know, do we, for sure? I guess not. He, he did repeatedly call Brian Fury Rob Fury. So, <laughs> <laughs> so instant heat there with uh, the firebrand. <laughs> so we had an incident on the podcast this Monday. Got to go back and listen. You're saying, uh, you're saying there was an incident? There, there was an incident with a janitor. We broadcast this past Monday. For the most part, the episode was done in a janitor closet that we found open and not in use. So we saw it as a quiet place to do a podcast. So we snuck in there and started recording. 
And, uh, you know, at one point we were interrupted by, by a custodian who was looking to clean up after the show. How dare she? Yes. And she was very, uh, she was apologetic to us, which is kind of <laughs> amazing. For invading her space and yes. preventing her from doing her job. Yes, and then we said, uh, okay, thank you very much, and we proceeded to record another five or six minutes. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm the one that finally had, hey, we got to wrap this up here. Yes. So, Steven, at HHHGuy2004, says, poor janitor, using his or her office, and you don't invite them in to tell their most horrible job-related injuries. <laughs> I don't think I want to hear a janitor's scariest moment. <laughs> yeah, that might be... Uh, a little on the uh, disgusting side. <laughs> well, probably probably something along the lines of, it would have been fitting for this podcast because it probably has to do with rustling a turd. So <laughs> <laughs> I've wrestled a few turds in my day. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, maybe that'll be a future episode. Turds I've wrestled. <laughs> in a completely unrelated note, Mike Mills at oh. Mike 504 Saints. <laughs> well, you just shot back to the top. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Mills says... Total Divas premieres on Wednesday. I know what I'll be watching once we're done recording this week's Book in the Territory. Are we doing a review podcast at Croc Socks? <laughs> uh, I, I said no. You're not, you're not diving back in? Well, we didn't dive back in. I, never, I didn't dive in. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, I, I, I told him no, and of course he responded saying, and you wonder why Malonis is the star. <laughs> No, nobody wonders why I'm the star. They, <laughs> anybody who's who's listened to you for five minutes or met you in person knows why I'm the star of this. <laughs> but now that I'm thinking about this, I mean, Mike Mills doing big things over there in Booking the Territory. Of course, they're doing podcasts twice a week, the Smoky Mountain Show, and then their Thursday flagship show, MikeMills.Podbean.com to find all their stuff. They're so hot right now. Why don't I do a podcast with Mike Mills about Total Divas? <laughs> let's latch on to this guy. Let's let's ride him for all he's worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not, huh? I probably should. Maybe we should get on this. I'm going to get off here and uh, go watch Total Divas, Kingpin. I'm not worried about who's going to co-host. I'm more worried about who will do all the editing for this podcast if you leave. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so let's move on so I can watch Total Divas. Thank you to everyone who's a part of Merv Griffith Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we'll bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com. Speaking of Mike Mills, speaking of everybody that does pro wrestling podcasts, Putting Over Podcasts is a Facebook group. That is the name of the Facebook group that is centered on the pro wrestling talk game. Just put Putting Over Podcasts in the search bar on Facebook. You can find us. Add yourself. We will make sure you are able to get in and talk about Wrestling Talk with all the other podcasters, all the other podcast fans in there. Go over and do it now. Join us over on Facebook and start chatting about pro wrestling podcasts. How about our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe and Quinn. They do it each and every Monday on their own feed. They are off the Place to Be Nation feed solely on their feed now. Make sure you go look up our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. They talk about the olden days, mostly WWF stuff, but they also do some old uh, NWA stuff. They're reviewing some New Japan this week as well. I like the kind of the cool running theme they have this year for the uh, opening segment, kind of like how we got to where we are. I, I'm really enjoying that. So they're doing a great job. Yeah, they're doing like I think it's called the the Formation Series or something like that. Not that's the wrong word, but yeah, it's it's like a, a narrative that they've been doing the 
beginning of each podcast in this season. They do different seasons. So look up our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. You'll be glad that you did. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with uh, our friend Jason Stewart, with Troy, with Adam, with all the rest. Stuff's going on all week there. And then they have their Thursday flagship show, the actual Rundown Wrestling Podcast. It's all on that one feed. Look up Rundown Wrestling Podcast to find them and subscribe. And on this podcast, Kingpin, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people they have to know good is through laughter. I hearken back to those immortal words once uttered by Tarzan Taylor. He said, Mike, all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw, over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, Degeneration X showed the world that no matter how many millions of dollars people want to throw around, DX is always one step ahead of the pack. Jim the Anvil Neidhart, just like your brother-in-law, Brett, we showed the world that DX can play anyone, absolutely anyone, for a... Idiot? No, 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 not idiot, not idiot. Um, Nimrod? No, no, not not, not Nimrod. No, no, not Lollipop. We played him for a sucker! (laughs) And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Triple H is gonna finish what DX started. Tell him try. Try. You know, in the back, the wrestlers call Neidhart the White Rhino. And I mean, I know rhinos are stupid, but come on, Neidhart. I mean, you gotta be the biggest idiot I've ever seen, right? Jeez. Slaughter, make whatever kind of match you want. You want to make it a boot camp match? And I'm supposed to be scared? Well, Slaughter, I got news for you. I'm going to bring all the heavy artillery I got, and I'm going to put you away for good. But there's one piece of artillery I'm not going to use. I'm going to save that for your old lady. And it's the big bazooka! (laughs) Classy. I don't respect anybody or anything. I thought he was talking about a pop gun. Yes. Yes, Kingpin. <laughs> D-Generation X. Lots of good heel laughs from those two gentlemen, Shawn Michaels and Try Triple H. Hmm. Yes? Hmm. What's the problem? That's what, uh, that's what I waited for. Yes. Hmm. I had to trim it down. There's a very long promo. It was uh 
I don't know. I was expecting better. Come on. One of the best factions of all time? Yeah, but maybe not one of the best heel laugh Hall of Famers of all time. I, thought, I was expecting to be blown away after uh, the, the delay we had. That's all. I mean, I, you know, I'm not mad, Mike. I'm not mad. I'm just, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm disappointed. I, uh, I expect more out of you than you expect out of yourself, so it's okay. Good try. Oh, now I feel bad. No, you don't. You've never felt bad a day in your life. (laughs) Now you're a sucker! (laughs) Well, there is... (laughs) Is there any pieces of equipment you're saving for uh, anyone's old lady, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. No. No, I'm a one-woman kind of guy there, Brian Malonis. How dare you? (laughs) How how much you paying her? Oh my goodness. All right, to check out this Hall of Fame inductee in all in all their glory, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the wrestling podcast about nothing page on bd8radio.com. All right, Kingpin. You're not packing your bags this weekend, are you? I am not. You're hitting the uh couch instead of the highways and byways <laughs> yes yes uh, I, I think i deserve a nice weekend off this weekend uh so yeah i'll be sitting on my butt i'll be watching some football uh putting some family time maybe hitting the gym a little bit you never know you never know all right well enjoy your days of rest i certainly will mike i certainly will i'm sure i'll be recording a podcast with you at some point i'm sure i'm sure uh, i want to are you are you are you having a big cheat meal for your birthday I am not. Whoa, no cake? Nope, nothing. Can't do it. I don't believe this for a second. <laughs> Can't break the streak. Just like you're breaking the streak this week, I'm not working Kingpin. But if you want to get the Kingpin back out there, back on the wrestling cards of New England and beyond, email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at brianmalonis. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing, and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar with Chad Alden and Paul St. Amon Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. Yes, Kingpin, I will see you this weekend at some point, I'm sure, or at least hear you this weekend. And we'll have a podcast next Monday for the people. It'll be episode 80 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the NAI Wrestling Network. And then you can catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko and thanks for nothing.